Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're starting a new series today called The Gospel. And if you've been in the church for any amount of time, you'll be familiar with that term, that phrase, the gospel. We talk about it in church. We sing songs about the gospel. Uh, we read in our Bible about it. We pray. We thank God for the gospel. And uh, maybe you're here today and you're not a church person. This is your first time experiencing church online. This is your first time coming to a church gathering. And you'll think to yourself, what is the gospel? I don't know what it is. I've never heard of it before. Well, I want to let you know whether you're a mature Christian who is very familiar with the term or whether you're someone who is seeking and searching and you've never heard the phrase before. This is a message series for you and everyone in between. Whatever spectrum of your journey in Christ you are with, this is a series for you. So the question is, what is the gospel? And Paul describes the gospel in 1 Corinthians, but the gospel literally means good news. And today I want to share our key verse for this series. It's 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. It says this, Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. And now get this, get this part. This is the important part. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose on the third day, according to the scriptures. Verses three and four are the essence of the gospel. They, they describe the magnificence and glory of the gospel. What is it? Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. Let me say it again. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. That's the gospel message. But you know what? It kind of leaves a few questions for me. Kind of raises a few questions in my mind. Like, like who is Christ? Who, who was he? What, what did the scriptures say about the Christ? What is sin? Why did Jesus have to die for our sins? Uh, why did, what is the significance of Jesus being raised again on the third day? I don't know about you, but I've got questions on the gospel. I'm sure you have questions as well. And so over the next four weeks, it's our endeavor that we will unpack and delve deeper into the gospel and try to explain it the best way that we can so that we can have a deeper understanding of what it is that God has done, what Jesus accomplished through this good news. And so I pray that it really helps us in that area of our life. We really need to understand the gospel. It is so foundational to our Christian walk. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your good news of the gospel. I pray over these next three to four weeks, Lord, that you will be with us. Your Holy Spirit will guide us, will bring revelation how magnificent and glorious and wonderful and awe-inspiring is this story of redemption and sacrifice and victory and new life. So God, I give you praise for that in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, come on, everyone said, amen. 
I was checking my bank account the other day and you know how you jump online, I bring up my Westpac app and I was going through my credit card statement and I saw that there was a deposit of three and a half thousand dollars into my credit card. So like, like it, was, it was positive, not negative. And I was like, wow, what is going on here? This, this is awesome. Like my credit card was a certain value and now the, the amount of money I owe to the bank has decreased by three and a half thousand dollars. This is incredible. Like who has blessed me in this amazing way? It's good news, yeah? It's awesome. But let me just backtrack about five days. Five days earlier, I was scrolling through my bank account and I noticed that someone had made an unauthorized transaction of, guess how much money? Three and a half thousand dollars. And I was like, what is going on here? And I looked at the, the statement online and, and I read and guess what it was? It was Airbnb. Now, my wife and I and our family, we were planning on being uh, in a trip to Italy at this moment. Actually, we would have just returned about a week or so, or so ago from this time um, from our trip to Italy, about five weeks. And I thought to myself, I wonder if any of those hosts that I counseled on, maybe they charged me uh, incorrectly. They you know, made an unauthorized transaction or maybe Airbnb was hacked. Now, I don't know, but what I do know is that they took three and a half thousand dollars of my money fraudulently in an unauthorized transaction. Bad. That, that, that's bad news. Come on, does anyone like that? No, we don't like that. It's bad news. I'm sure there's a question you've heard before. Someone comes to you and they've got some news and they say, do you want to hear the good news or the bad news first? Has anyone heard that? I know I've heard that. Do you want to hear the good news or the bad news? I've had to deliver that kind of news. I've, I've had to receive that kind of news. And depending on your personality, you'll say, yeah, tell me the good news. Or you'll say, tell me the bad news first. Let me give you some examples. Parents, your child turns 18. They've got their P's and you say, they, they beg you, can I drive the car? I want your car, dad. Can I drive it, mum? And so you say, yes, here's my car. You give them the car keys and you, you're just like, God, you're praying like, Lord, as they go out tonight, as they go to the restaurant or they go somewhere to see their friends, I pray that they're safe, that they get home safe, that there's no accident as they're out by themselves. And then they come home and they give you the keys and they say, hey, dad, you want the good news or the bad news? The good news, I'm back, I'm alive, I'm good. The bad news, uh, I kind of crashed the car. <laughs> Anyone experienced that? Or maybe uh, there's another situation that you've seen, you're at work and you know there's redundancies, there's, they're closing down stores or they're closing down the business, there's not as much income coming in and people are being laid off. It could be related to COVID-19, it could be related to something else and the manager sends out an email saying that we're going to be letting people go. So he calls you into the office, he says, you want the good news or the bad news? He says, the good news is you've still got a job, the bad news is we're going to have to cut your pay by 30%. Or maybe there's another scenario where yeah, this could be relevant for you right now. You might have to think back a number of years for this one. But you know, there's a person, there's a guy or a girl, and, and you just can't stop thinking about them. And you've got a secret crush, you're crushing on them. And then you find out through another friend that this person loves you. 
And you're like, wow, pitter-patter, pitter-patter goes the heart. This person loves me. Well, that's the good news. They then say, but here's the bad news. They love you like a friend, just as a friend. And we're heartbroken. The bad news that we get, and we're so disappointed in that. Good news, bad news. Well, sometimes we tell the gospel message just as the good news. We frame it as good news, and it is good news. But that's all we talk about. The good news, just like with my story about the three and a half thousand dollars, I told the good news first, but I left out the bad news. Well, with the gospel message, there's actually bad news that precedes the good news. And I get why we often don't talk about the bad news, sin and all those types of things. We don't often have a lot of time to unpack it to that person that we're sharing the gospel with. So we go straight to the good news. We say, God loves you. He sent his, G- his son Jesus for you. you. You can live eternity in heaven. It's good news. And I love the good news of the gospel. But really, to fully appreciate the fullness of the good news of the gospel message, we have to first understand the bad news that precedes it, that comes first. We have to do that. And so before this series gets into the good news, we're going to have to spend a little bit of time looking at the bad news. And I know that that's not kind of how we do things these days. I know that we kind of want to speak positive. We want to build an atmosphere of like celebration. We want to create a vibe of joy. But really, I think it's so, so important that we really grasp the bad news first before we talk about the good news. So please bear with me. This is the foundation of the gospel message. So what is the bad news then? Bronson, what's this bad news? Come on, hit me with the bad news. What's the bad news? This is the bad news. Uh, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then Isaiah 59.2, the prophet says this, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not hear. See, there's this thing called sin. Sin. And we all do it. It separates us from a righteous God who cannot sin and he cannot bear to live with sin or those who do sin. And so that's the bad news. The bad news, we're separated from God because of the sin in our lives. Okay, that's the bad news. We could be close to God, but because of sin, we're not. But really, we need to delve deeper. I think we need to get a little bit deeper. Because what I want to know is, what is sin? Like, if, if that's what separates me from God, tell me what it is so I can fix it, so I can get it right in my life, so I can get closer to God. What is sin? You know, you ask most people what sin is, and you'll either get two answers. They'll either have no idea, if they're unchurched, Or if they know a little bit about religion, they know a little bit about church, they'll say that sin is doing bad things, right? Sin is doing bad things. And in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, we're not going to go to it, but you can look it up in your own time. Galatians 5, 19 to 21, Paul lists a heap of bad things. He talks about sexual immorality, sorcery, strife, anger. He talks about envy and drunkenness, all these bad things. But can I let you in on a secret today? Can I let you know something today? Sin 
is not just bad things. Let me say it again. Sin is not just bad things. Sin can also be good things. It can be your wife, your spouse. It can be your children. It can be career. It can be looks, wealth. It can be intelligence. It can be reputation. Let me, let me, let me explain to you before I lose everyone who's watching right now. Sin is loving something, good or bad, more than we love God. Sin is loving something, good or bad, more than we love God. At its simplest, that is what sin is. So you might be asking, well, well, if that's what sin is, why is it so important to love God most, to love God first, to love God before anything else? It's important because Jesus told us to do it. Last week, we shared this scripture, and I'm going to share it again. Matthew 22, verse 46. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Loving God is the greatest commandment. It is the number one thing that we are to do. But when we love something more than God, when we insult God and we dethrone Him uh, from the throne, and we replace Him with something else, we make that thing, that person, that experience, our God, lowercase g, we make that thing our God, and it becomes an idol. And the biblical term for this is idolatry. We commit idolatry. Anytime you love something, be it good or bad, more than you love God, you are committing idolatry. And idolatry is sin, and all sin is rooted in idolatry. Loving, worshipping something more than God. And I know that I'm kind of laboring the point. I'm kind of keep on re-emphasizing it. But it's so, so important for us to understand what sin is so we can understand the gospel fully. See, at sin's root is autonomy from God. Autonomy from God says, I want the choice to live my life by my own understanding, my own wisdom and my own wills, and not the understanding, the wisdom and the rules of God. That's what autonomy says. And that's what occurred in the very first recorded instance of sin in the Bible. Galatians, uh, sorry, Genesis 3, verse 1 through to 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit uh, from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Sorry, guys, being a bit dramatic. Uh, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now listen to this, listen to this. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. The desire for something God in his wisdom had said they should not have, the desire to gain wisdom for themselves outside of the wisdom 
that God had imparted into their lives. See, we understand the rule broken. Don't eat the fruit. We all know that. Don't eat the fruit. But we often miss that second part, the desire for gaining wisdom. The desire for gaining wisdom. Why would Adam and Eve need wisdom outside of the wisdom that God Almighty could give them, would impart to them, reveal to them freely? Why would they need more wisdom outside of that? Because there was a desire in their hearts to be autonomous from God. To be autonomous means to be on your own, setting your own agenda, being left alone, not being ruled by anyone else. To be autonomous I don't know whether it was a conscious decision or a subconscious decision. I, I don't know, but I do know that it says the serpent egged them on. The serpent planted a, a, a thought in their mind. He used a bit of inception in their mind to make them start to question God. And the Bible doesn't say it outright, but biblical scholars believe that Satan um, uh, entered the serpent and he used deception to trick Adam and Eve to defy God. He used that to get them to, he, he used his reasoning to deceive Adam and Eve in the garden. And if you don't know who Satan was, he's the devil. Satan was a former angel, a created being just like us that God created and who started to love himself more than God. Hear that thing again? When we love something more than God, he committed sin. He loved himself, pride of self, loved himself more than God, committed sin. And God cast him out of heaven. Whatever the reason, whatever the cause, in an instant, when they ate that apple, sin entered the world and they gained not just autonomy from God, but also separation from God. See, there is a consequence of sin. Yes, they gained wisdom but they gained separation from God as well. From that moment, mankind began to love itself, things, experiences more than God. It became enthralled with its own beauty. It, it became uh, enraptured with acts of power and thoughts of reason and ability to create like the Creator. Sin took over. And today we find ourselves living with the consequences of sin, living with the consequences of that decision made thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, the consequences of the first act of sin in the Garden of Eden. Eden. See, there's a huge consequence of sin. Romans 6.23, the start of it says, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, the consequence of sin, the reward for sinning is death. Death, one day we will breathe our last breath and we will die. We will pass on from this world into another place. And we all know loved ones, family members, friends, colleagues who have passed away, who have breathed their last, who are no longer with us. However, that's not the only death that we will face. It's not just a physical death. There is also a spiritual death, a type of spiritual death that we will face, another type of death, an eternal death, an eternal separation from God and His love. Where does that leave us today as I get ready to wrap up my message? Where does that leave us today? It leaves us at a place admitting that we have sinned against God. 
That's, that's where it leads us. This bad news of the gospel, it leads us in a place where we have to come before God Almighty and admit that we are sinners and we have sinned against God. When it comes to the gospel, that's the starting revelation we need to have. That's the starting revelation we need to receive. 1 John 1, 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here's the truth of the matter. We love ourselves, our lives, our things, a person and experience, reasoning, logic more than we love God. And that makes us sinners. That makes me a sinner. That makes you a sinner. So do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? The gospel starts off with bad news. The gospel reveals to us that we love things more than God and that is sin. It reveals to us that we're paying the consequences of that original sin back in the Garden of Eden. Sickness, disease, death, physical and spiritual, eternal separation from God. And this is where mankind finds itself. This is where we find ourselves and it's not good. It's bad. But thank God. Thank God. Come on, you didn't think I was going to leave it there, did you? Come on. Thank God that He loves us and He chose not to leave us there. He put into motion a plan to bring us back into relationship with Him, to bring us back to Himself in spite of our sin. He found a way when there seemed like there was no way. The gospel story gets better and better, the deeper and fuller you understand it. It's an amazing story of God's love for us. And so I wanted you to make sure that you're not only here for this message, but next week's message and the message after that and the message after that because it just keeps getting better and better. The gospel message, yes, it starts with some bad news, but I want to tell you, it is good news. Say it with me. Good news. Come on, say it again. Good news news. Next week, we're going to look at sacrifice and find out how it is that God deals with sin, how it is that God enables something to pay the price that sin uh, occurs in one's life. Sacrifice. It's going to be an amazing message. I can't wait for it. Let me just end with this key verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Come on, let's bow our heads. Let's pray.